right ahead. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Police Off the Cuff After Hours. My name is Mark DeMeo. I'm your host. Uh, I'm very excited uh, tonight. Uh, I got a great guest. He's one of the most popular firefighters in the country. And um, he's also a very funny comedian. He's here to join us tonight. What's up, uh, William Dennis, folks? Yeah, you can call me Billy, Mark. AKA. Wait, wait, wait. I, before you get into these meetings, you got to be careful. <laughs> All right, good. Now we can talk. I don't want to, you know, I'm afraid, you know. I'm one of them not-touchy-feely guys, you know. I hope you're by yourself. Yeah, I know. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing really well. Hey, listen, you know, we had a little technical. We had a big, a little scare. You can tell I'm used to it, though, right? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, cool under pressure. Let's put it that way. It's not your first rodeo. But I, no. I couldn't understand it either. It's crazy. That guy, Stupid you, you computer know, you doesn't work. I got three computers. Not one of them were working. My that wife guy, came out a little early. And uh, yeah. it's it just funny hearing uh, your wife in the background cursing at you. Wow. <laughs> well, I not cursing. Not, not I cursing. Brooklyn. Uh, everybody was going frantic. I know the feeling. I've been through it uh, more than a few times with my guests. So at this point right now, I'm like, it's going to work out or it's not going to work out. Either way, we're going to, it is what it right. is. I can't about it. Yeah, it worked are out you, good. Are you in Florida or are you in Long Island? Right now, I'm in Long Island. Our place right, in Florida cool. did good. We were lucky. We only lost the screen in the back. Electricity for two days. But uh, I'm in Naples, and we got really, really good neighbors. You know, there's a bunch of firemen I hang out with. I ride the motorcycle with down there. And uh, they were at my house the next morning. They emptied my freezer, my refrigerator. And... Uh, Electricity came back on two days later. So other than that, the house is fine. So we did good. A lot of people are suffering. Yeah, it's incredible the amount of damage that it did. Um, I don't think anybody in the rest of the country really understands. Maybe, obviously, the Carolinas, if they got some damage as well. But uh, You hear people up here, yeah, Sandy, Sandy. Yeah, I remember Sandy, too. Mm -hmm. But uh, I was ready for Sandy. I bought a, the storm before Sandy. I bought a generator, brand uh -huh. new, and I put it in my garage. And I left it in my garage. I sat in my garage for like three years. And then when it said Sandy's coming up, I pulled the box out. Now I got brand new. I put oil in it, tied it up, chained it to underneath my table in the yard. Next morning, I needed it. I was making coffee for all the neighbors. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. great thinking. Uh, that's yeah. You know, that's that's why I was so a boy well, scout. You were a boy scout. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> so uh, usually before I start the show here, we like to. Um, you know, say hello to the people in the chat. I don't know if you notice, but on your right, you'll, you'll see a comment section. Uh, all, I has, all I see is I'm on the show. Okay. Maybe yeah. If I went on my other computer, I can look at it. Maybe, yeah. There's a, com there's a comment section, and we have people that's, you know. Okay. Yeah, I got to turn the volume down on that because we're like a couple of seconds behind. Yeah, forget that. So you get rid of that. Whatever that yeah, is. no, it's gone. Okay. Yeah, okay, now I see it. Hello, everyone. Milwaukee. 
Dawn Marie, Mark DeMeo, Phil. Okay, yeah, I can see that. I got it. All right, look, you covered half of it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, that's um, all I can see right now. I'm looking up and down. So, uh, yeah, so I like to acknowledge the, uh, the people that came through are in the chat. So I'll say hello to uh, Michalina Serino and hope to catch you guys live. So, uh, so many bad cases going on. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Um, tonight we're going to be doing a show, Michalina, about um, a fundraiser that we're doing for the people in Naples. The, um, and uh, it's going to be uh, myself, Billy, a reti another retired firefighter and a retired police officer, all four of us are comedians. And we're going to put on a show at the Broadway Comedy Club. I'll put up the flyer periodically throughout the show. But that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, Billy has a great career. We're also going to be talking about mm -hmm. that with uh, the FDNY. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, let's say hello to PJK. Uh, positive news with AWP finding Donnie Messier vehicle after 15 years yesterday. Yeah, you see, we got what happens, Billy, is um, this is uh, this show is part of a platform called Police Off the Cuff, and uh, right. Bill, uh, whenever they see Police Off the Cuff is going live, they might tune in, and some of them. Didn't uh, check out the flyer, or whatever, but uh, right, so they don't know what the show's about. Yeah, yeah, so that's right. what we got it going on right now. Uh, Little Mermaid, she says hello, hi, Mark, uh, Billy, and the uh, police off the cuff chat. Girl Friday, she says hello, Raquela Pranza, uh, she's um, the wife of um, Lieutenant Peter Pranzo. Uh, he's like you, a very, very popular, um, just the it's it, there's people that are. Are, are like kind of sort of bigger. They, they look like the th the thing. Do you know what I'm saying? So, for example, yeah. look at this right here. Uh, where's my folks here? When you think of firefighter, you know what I'm saying. And uh, you know what a firefighter looks like. Uh, if I was going to cast him in a movie, I mean, that's this guy right here. Look at that guy. Oh shit! Yeah, I, that's a young me. <laughs> But I mean, that is what well, every firefighter. When you when you think of a firefighter, that's what you think about. That's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, uh, that was uh, nineteen. I can tell you when it was because my coach knew. That's after I left the marshals and I came back. So I got a brand new helmet and all new turnout gear because the stuff. When I got hired, we had to buy all our own stuff. How about what year did you get hired? Ninety two. Ninety two. All right. In nineteen ninety, you had to buy your own gun. Um, yeah, I, I might have had to pay half of it. I think I forget. I had to they buy took, my own when I was took it out of your, Yeah, they take it, they take it out of your checks. No, we had to buy uh, anything that had to shoot plus P's, it had to be at least the five shot you had to carry. You had to qualify with a four inch you had to buy. I bought mm -hmm. one off a of Nassau County cop because they went to uh, they went to automatics. And I bought a, a beautiful Smith and Wesson 357 for 120 bucks. Uh-huh. Uh, nice yeah. gun. <laughs> well, when you say pay, like whatever what I if no. I recall correctly, what happened was you did have to pay for it, but it's not like you had to come with a check and give him like three hundred dollars for a gun. They just took mm. it out of your paycheck. Right. But you guys all got the same guns. With us, it didn't matter. Yeah, we got it three. It had choices. to be a 38 that shot plus piece. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we got we had three choices. When I went through the academy, and they were all revolvers, right. they right. switched over to uh, the semi-automatics about a year after I graduated. Um, right, and they were Ruger's, uh, Smith and Wesson, and um, Sigau. Sigau. Right, if I'm saying it right, those, those were your right. three options. No, the Glock. No, that, no, no, no. The it was the Ruger. It was the Smith and Wesson, the Ruger, 
or something else, I think. Those were the revolvers. Then we had those were the two choices. And I think right. they, um, you had three choices when it came to uh, the semi-automatic. But right. you know, um, you have you have such an interesting story. What, what year did you come on the FDNY? I got hired in 1981. Uh, there were 300 in our class. Mayor Beam, you know, they did the thing outside of City Hall. Uh -huh. And uh, what, actually, what, was the, what was the thing they did? You know, they they you know they had the big ceremony and everything where okay. you know, 300 guys were getting more all, all sworn into the fire department. And uh, it was funny because uh, he came out. And my mother was pissed because he didn't wear a jacket. We all had to wear jacket. Said in the letter, wear a jacket and a tie, you know. Uh -huh. So she was pissed that I had to wear a jacket and tie, and the mayor didn't. And I'm going, Ma, shut up. He's making me a fireman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was like, that's bullshit that he's not wearing a jacket. And he made all you guys come out and wear a jacket. I go, Ma, come on. <laughs> was that when you were getting sworn in? Yeah, we got sworn in on the steps of City Hall. There were 300 of us. Uh -huh. And then uh, graduation was at the Rock, and then uh, I went to South Jamaica Queens. And you say the Rock? You mean Rockefeller Plaza? No, Rockefeller. no, no, Rock, the training center, Randall's oh. Island. Oh, okay. All right, Randall's yeah. Island was where our, our training center was, and you went there for like three months, whatever it was. And then uh, when you graduate, you get assignment. And I was lucky. My dad, my dad worked for the Port Authority for thirty years, and uh, he had gone to his high school reunion. And I was in probie school and he came home and he goes, I ran into a friend of mine and he said, he can get you into any firehouse you want. Here's his phone number. Call him when you got two weeks left. So I called him up and he's like, yeah, where do you want to go? And I'm like, well, I, I don't know. I says, uh, I'll come work in your firehouse, which was in Manhattan, 20 truck. Uh, and he goes, I get you here. No problem. He goes, is there any place that's busy that's near you? And I lived in Richmond Hill. Uh -huh, so yeah. I said, my friend's father retired out of ladder 126. And he goes, great house. I can't guarantee you the truck, but I guarantee you the house. And the orders came down, and I went to Engine 303. Wait a minute. What is that? You're going Princeton fast. Street. Were you, Princeton were you going... and Liberty. All right. Slow down one second. When you no. say I can guarantee you the truck, what does that mean to a civilian audience? Like, okay. The, it's okay. There's two options, right? Well, it's a double house. There's an engine company and a ladder company. The ladder company, they call them the truck. So... I got to the house, but I worked in the engine, not in the ladder. Because he, he asked me where I wanted to go. I said, ladder 126. So he goes, I can't guarantee you the truck, but I can guarantee you the house. So what's it was the, good. I went what, to the what, house. What's the difference, though? All right. Well, the engine company is the ones that put the fire out. They got the hose in the back. And when you pull up, they connect to a hydrant. Three guys stretch a line. They stretch it into the hose, private dwelling, into the front door, put the fire out. The ladder company pulls up. They got the ladder on the back. One guy goes to the roof. Another guy goes to the rear with a ladder. He breaks windows, goes in the back of the building. And then uh, the officer, the can man, and the irons man break the doors down, and they go in to the first floor, and they do their search. So you got two teams working to do two different things at the same time to put the fire out. Engine puts the fire out. Truck does the rescues. Oh, wow. Okay. And you wanted to be on the truck. Well, I, I just wanted to work close to my house. I didn't mm -hmm. want to go to Staten Island. You know, you live in Queens. Staten Island, oh, oh tolls. The Bell Parkway, no. Yeah, you know, course. you work anywhere in the city. So I was very lucky. I worked so, 10 so minutes from my house, house. The first house you worked in was in Richmond Hill? No, that's where I grew up in Richmond Hill. Yeah, well, but that I, was the, the first, first house is in South Jamaica, Queens. Okay. It was in between was the, the Van Wick and Sufton Boulevard in the 103 precinct. For all your, all your cop friends. 
Yeah, I worked in the 102 when I first came out. So I was in, uh, I probably, that was the neighborhood you grew up in. That's where I was a cop first for six months. Yeah, the 106, we were in the 106. Well, I, was, I was in the 102. Oh, you lived in the 106. I, li I worked Yeah, in but I lived in the 102 when I was in an apartment. I was in an apartment on 111 in Myrtle. And I was in the 102. Did you know Glenn Shiotis? Um, I'm horrible with names. I, I'm good with Okay. Faces. He was a detective, short guy, uh, dark skin, black hair. Uh -huh. He grew up in the neighborhood. He was in the 102. But I tell you, it's, you know, cops and firemen, it's crazy, you know? Yeah, I never understood the animosity between them until I got on the job. And then, <laughs> you you know, it's uh, just jealousy from the po police point of view. Because I'll give you a perfect example. Um, there was a place in uh, Manhattan, uptown Manhattan, uh, like an office building where some detectives used to work. And um, I guess they were, you know, they used to do, some of them used to do an overnight, I think it was night watch. Nightwatch are the detectives that basically start at midnight and they work till eight in the morning. And any calls that come over that require a detective, they go. Right. So they're the nighttime detectives. And they That's citywide? Of, just Manhattan. Oh, every, just every, borough, every borough has a, a night watch. Okay. So because they don't want to keep every detective that works in the squad working overnight, they use Nightwatch. It's just this, like, I don't know, 10, 12 right. detectives. So to make sure they're not sleeping, um, every once in a while, you know, you'll have this shoe fly come over, like an ICO detective, uh, right. lieutenant, and he'll try, but they had a, they go into the building and check to make sure nobody's sleeping, if you're a cop. Really? And um, yeah, and you know, it was hard to get into this building because it was just a, uh, a commercial building. It wasn't a police facility. So they used to, you either needed a key or a code to get in the door. Whatever, these guys got busted. I don't know how the lieutenant got in there. He figured out the code. He found out the code, right. whatever. But then, you know, you'll see firemen, and they get they get paid to sleep. Like, they get <laughs> to sleep on job time. And that just made us crazy. It's also 24-hour shifts, not eight. Yeah, that's true, too. That's you know, true, when too. you're in 24 hours, you think it's like, oh, cool, man. You know, I'll work a night tour into a day tour. And then you work the night tour, and you get your ass kicked because you're up at 1 o'clock in the morning, and it's January, and you're out until 5.30. You're taking a frozen hose out of a puddle that was frozen over. And then you get uh, back to the firehouse. You got to change your clothes. You got to change the gear. You got to change the truck. And you still got to work a full day tour. That happens. Yeah, nobody you thinks know? about that. You know, what, what, yeah. also, what also also pissed me off, and I'm sure other cops as well. So, uh, I'm, you know, I used to notice this when I was downtown in the village doing comedy. <coughs> and uh, there's a firehouse down there. Yeah, I know. And they I used parked to park. there all. Where did you think they, they parked? Yeah, right there on that bleak or McDougal. Right on and the they all hang out. Yeah, they, yeah they, they hang out right in front of the truck. Five trucks. And they just pick up chicks all night. Hey, just slapping <laughs> the chicks all night. That used to make me crazy. Whenever somebody transferred, I worked in South Jamaica, all right? Uh, so whenever somebody from Manhattan would transfer into the firehouse, they'd sit outside with the door open, like the first couple of tours were going, dude, that ain't going to come. That girl that walks by, she's got a big junk than you do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we worked in a in a really bad in a, in a ghetto, man. Matter of fact, you know, cop stories. Uh, I I got two of them that'll knock your socks off. First one is uh, I'm in a garage sale in Naples, Florida. All right, I'm I'm in this garage sale. I'm all the way in the back. I got a fire department T-shirt on. Guy behind me says real loud, "Yeah, them firemen, they're only good for sleeping at night." So. Without turning around, real loud, I say, 
that sounds like the voice of a frustrated New York City cop that couldn't pass the fire department test. <laughs> I laugh, he laughs, we shake hands. Where'd you work? I go, Jamaica. He goes, what precincts? Uh -huh. Okay, we're in the 103, but we uh -huh. cover the 113, the 102, and the 106. Uh -huh. So this guy says to me, he goes, I worked in the 106. Uh -huh. I go, really? I says, uh, do you know a detective by the name of Bobby Freeze? Uh -huh. He goes, yeah, I know Bobby Freeze. Mark, I look at him and I go, yeah, back in 1994, I said, my kid brother got killed. He grabs my arm and goes on a motorcycle. Now, I'm in a garage in Naples, Florida. How do you know my brother got killed on a motorcycle? Uh -huh. He was Bobby's yeah. partner that night. Wow. And he was actually on the computer and he was in mm -hmm. one corner and I was standing at the door. I'll never forget, I'm standing with Bobby and we're at the door. And he goes, I got an open case with a Joseph Dennis. He goes, but it's a Suffolk County address. And I said, Huntington Drive in Mastic? And the guy went, yeah. And Bobby looked at me and said, that's not good. Because what happened was my brother registered the motorcycle in Suffolk County to save on the insurance. Uh, yeah. And uh, the police never bothered to, I don't want to get into that, guy, that story, but they never checked up. I had to file a missing persons report to find out about it. Because they gave it to Suffolk County, and Suffolk County never bothered to check with us. So, uh, yeah. So, your, so your, it, your younger brother went down on the bike. What happened was, you know, on, you know, on the way to the BQE, when you're on the BQE, yeah. and you're coming from Brooklyn, and you're headed towards the Battery Tunnel, all right? If you don't want to go into the Battery Tunnel, you exit right. It's Hamilton Avenue, and you go up, you turn, and it's at the high walls on both sides. Yeah. At the top of the railing, hit the rail, went over, and landed on Hamilton Avenue. And it's weird because that's exactly the spot where the Tunnel to Towers run starts. So every year I go to the exact spot where my brother died. And I hang out there, I talk to him. So sometimes I'll go to the cemetery and sit on his grave and, you know, maybe smoke a joint with him. <laughs> uh -huh. I, I, put okay. a joint, I put a joint in his coffin. Uh -huh. And before they closed it, I went, wait, 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 wait. And I threw in a book of matches. I go, tell me if he, if he wakes up without the matches. So I threw matches in there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that for my brother. Yeah, I did. But you still yeah. ride, though, right? I, well, what happened was my mom asked me. She said, look, stop riding. Give up the motorcycles. I got enough to worry with you running to burning buildings. So I stopped. I never got on a bike again until my mom died in 2008. And then uh, it, was, it wasn't funny, but... We're in my mother's house, and I look at my brother. I go, do you want mommy's car? No. Diane, do you want mommy's car? No. I said, I'm going to go get it washed. We'll take pictures, and uh, we'll throw it on Craigslist. So I come walking back in the house a half hour later. I go, I got rid of mommy's car. My sister goes, you sold it? I went, no, I traded it in Holly Davidson. You have a fucking asshole. She's not even in the fucking ground. You're a fucking asshole. So, you know, I didn't, uh, we wound up selling the car, and after about five years, you know, I missed it. I miss riding. And now with the New York City Fire Riders, I'm involved in so many things, you know, like this. That's the Tunnel to Towers picture. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we're riding Saturday. One of the guys from the Nassau Club got ejected from a car. He was in a, he was in a very he died. So we're doing the funeral thing on funeral escort on Saturday. Let me just uh, break this down for the people that are listening to the show rather right. than watching it on YouTube. Uh, I posted a picture. And these are the um, wait. I got another fire riders. They're called the, the fire riders. That's the uh, that's the that's the vest that you wear. Yeah, and, here's uh, the other one I gotta wear in case I don't. I didn't know if I'd be safe or not. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> Look, they, so these are the guys that you ride with. There's a fire truck in the background. That's an old-time fire truck. And there's yeah. about, uh, I, it looks to me, about 30 retired firefighters all have the vest on. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, the fire rider's vest. Yeah. A leather vest. That picture is actually from, uh, there's a memorial in uh, Ocean City, Maryland. Oh, wow. 9-11 memorial. And the guys, we were there for bike week. One of my friends took that picture, and that's a piece of steel from that, uh, from uh, the yeah from the trade center. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what I'm showing right now is a picture of a piece of steel that was taken from the World Trade Center, brought to uh, Ocean City, Maryland. And uh, there's a, a leather jacket, a vest with firefighters, New York City Marshals. You guys do a trip out there? We go all over the place. They're gonna we're going to Daytona uh, next week. We got this run Saturday. We're doing a funeral run. And then Wednesday, we're doing our, what they call Lou Ron Run. He was the guy that started our club. And it's funny because uh, they started the club. There was only about eight or ten members. And Lou was a battalion chief. And he rode a Honda 750. This is back in the 80s. So uh, he pulls into the firehouse. And uh, he pulls the bike right into the back. It's his first tour as a, as a battalion chief. He pulls in and he revs the bike up. And all of a sudden, the chief that's working pops his head out the, the stairs, starts screaming at him, who the hell do you think you are bringing that motorcycle into my firehouse? Da, da, da. He looked at him and goes, I'm your relief. <laughs> and the guy, still, the guy fell in love with him after that. Who am I? I'm your relief. Yeah. And he's the guys happy. loved him. Now he's happy to see him. Uh, yeah. Phil Leo in the chat says, Billy, ever watch retired motor officer Jerry Palladino? Ride like a pro on YouTube. Yes, yes, I have. The guy's unbelievable. Uh, I, my, I was just at a ride, and a bunch of those, the highway guy, and the guy started making circles, and his the 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 foot pegs where you put your feet down, they were scraping as he's going around. That's how low he was going, and he was going, and his wife was holding on like like it was every not like it was nothing, you know. Uh-huh. I it would have you know for some people that's like being on the the front car on the cyclone. You know? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's great. Uh, it's not that easy. Let me see. But yeah. the motorcycle club keeps me involved with the job a lot. It really does. And like yeah, I said, with this with this comedy show, that keeps, you know. Let's talk about the comedy show for a minute. I'm going to post a flyer since we're uh, a quarter, almost a quarter of the way through the show. The show uh, that we're doing is going to be on Oct- uh, Thursday, October 20th at the Broadway Comedy Club in New York City. The address is 318 West 53rd Street, and uh, donations are $25. It's called the Guns and Hoses Comedy Fundraiser, and it's starting uh, starring myself, Billy Bingo, NYPD's own retired Frankie Fowley, who's been a guest on the show before, and NYFD Steve Oliva, who's also a comedian. The flyer is posted right now. I will be posting it on my uh, social media from today until the day of. And we're hoping that whoever's a fan of Police Off the Cuff and lives in the New York area and can make the show will come down. It would be great to have you. Great there, to hang yeah. out with you. Yeah, all, right. there's, all the money we raise is going to go to the police and firemen that were affected from the storm Ian down in Naples and Fort Myers. Uh, it's going to go to first responders. Just to, to the, to the, to, it's going to our, our people, if you know what I mean. We're not going to give it to somebody who's not going to do something good with the money. That's well, a big that you, thing. Now that you bring it up, um, 
let's uh let's uh check this out i have um i want to show something about the just what the firefighters were dealing with in uh florida with hurricane oh. ian just yeah. so if you haven't seen it just get look at look at this these are firefighters dealing with this I was in that firehouse a couple of times. Um, now we have a truck issue, and the guys are pushing the truck out of the bay. It's up to her waist of water. Because yeah. why, Chief? That's engine one. Ladder one. It's smoking, and uh, we didn't want the station to burn down. Yeah, they didn't see that coming. We're now unloading Look at how the deep truck. that water is, and they're unloading the truck now. Wow, they're way deep in water, and these are six feet tall guys. That truck is that truck is totaled out. This is a storm surge that we talked about, that but truck we weren't sure about. They, had to, they they can't use it anymore. The whole electric system is all ruined. Salt water. crazy it's unbelievable yeah. very sad what are you we ask you guys to stay off the road we're not kidding they're not they weren't responding anyway but they should have put the trucks out they're in the that particular firehouse is uh is their headquarters uh -huh. vaping I was. I was. <laughs> so nobody's looking. I, I'm on the patch three days today, man. It's killing me. What patch? The quit smoking patch. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, that's, uh, I'm sorry to hear that. That's uh, you okay. know what? It's, yeah, better know, huh? it's better for you anyway. Listen. Yeah, no, I know. Honest, the, you know, I, I, know. I, tried, they, I, I did uh, Sober October. That was my goal, man. I talked myself mentally into it. Right. Um, October, I went as long as, uh, you know what sober October is, right? Uh, I'm every, assuming you that you just don't drink for the whole month of October. Every, I was going to quit everything. And um, so what's today? Today's the 6th? 6th, yeah. I made it to um, Three October 1st, about <laughs> 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> oh, okay. Bailed out. I can't do 20 this. hours. 20 hours. <laughs> Only because we're sleeping what? for the first three. <laughs> we're going to have to edit the show. Wild's Pony, what is Mark smoking? Um, <laughs> where were we? Uh, let me see. I mean, uh, Gina G, I wish I was living in Philly so I could come to the show. Yeah. Uh, the yes, they York, can buy but... tickets to donate. Uh, Jenny G, um, if they go to the Comedy Club page, uh, that flyer that you got is an old one. I got a new one. Uh, if you go to broadwaycomedyclubs.com and you click on the link to buy tickets, there's a donate only button. It's not on that one. No, but I'm just saying if they want to know what Broadway Comedy Club is, that's that's the way. Oh, it's, right. Yeah, you send well, me you the new, send me I'll the send little... you the new one. I'll send it to you right now. It doesn't matter. I'll send it to your phone. But the new one is better. It's got, okay, uh, so, it's got um, that was crazy. Yeah, got uh, the water up to their, their waist, man. It was so you're saying that truck was totaled, yeah. The truck is totaled out because all the electronics, the uh, the lights, the whole harness is shot. 
Uh, you got salt water into all uh, everything. Everything underneath is going to get corroded. I, bet I mean, you they can take it out and clean it. But I bet you the NYPD buys that truck in auction in about two months. Not even like just stupid. Like, oh look, <laughs> oh, it's a deal. <laughs> because yeah. a, there, there was a huge warning. <laughs> Uh, that I read about, about you know, what happens is every time you have one of these hurricanes and, and cars get totaled because of water damage, um, somehow they salvage them and then they sell them up north. They sell them up and north, you, sure. You think you're getting this great deal on a car and um, you're buying a car that's it's crippled, it's damaged. Right. It's never, it's never going to be the same no matter what you do, even though the body still looks the same and it looks nice. Right. So that's, that was my joke about NYPD will be buying a fire truck. <laughs> we bought we had we bought a fire truck. You uh, know, a lot of a lot of companies they had to get rid of the ones they had because OSHA changed the law where the cab has to be enclosed. They used to be open in the back where you could sit and you can't do that anymore. It has to be completely enclosed. You so, mean the guy no, that swivels around? Well, that's the tiller. That's the guy in the back. Yeah, that's still there, but he's got to be completely enclosed now too. Sliding doors and everything. But uh the back of the trucks, a lot of them were open. They called open cabs. And the guys yeah. that were sitting there, when it, when it snowed or rained, you got soaked. But uh, it was a lot easier to get in and out and everything. They made them illegal. So all these volunteer companies that have these trucks can't use them anymore because they can't get insurance for them. So they were, they're like giving them away. Oh, wow. Because nobody, and they have to buy new ones. They have that to buy ones right. with enclosed cabs. <sighs> now, you live in Queens, right? Yeah, no, I live in the Bronx. The Bronx, okay. So you don't have to worry about out here the taxes, the firehouses, they're unbelievable. <laughs> they got one over here they call it the Taj Mahal because it's taxpayer funded, and uh, they got like six bays and four trucks in each bay. It's crazy the money that they spend. They really do. Yeah, well, we know we both have done how many? I mean, I can't even imagine how many uh, comedy firehouse shows. shows. Firehouse <laughs> shows. I've done. It, I've done a thousand, I'd say. Yeah. No, I would no. Honestly, if I had a, I would say at least five hundred. Yeah. In twenty-five years. I used to do all the Rick comedy? Morgan shows. Well, speaking I was of on comedy, uh, only two and three a night sometimes. Wait, I want to share something with the audience. Speaking of comedy, uh, <laughs> yeah. there we go. Here we go. There we go. McGuire's. Where the hell is Bohemia? Huh? We got lost trying to find this Who pulled into the parking lot and said, hmm, this is a nice place to burn my coffee insurance money. <laughs> I'm driving up and down. Where the hell is this place? I kept calling them up. They kept telling me, we're right behind Applebee's. We're right behind Applebee's. You know what I mean? I called Applebee's. And you're going out with me. Is that where I'm at? No, we're right in front of my wife's comedy club. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that joke now. Everybody's got a phone. What do you guys think? Yes, no, maybe? Yeah, I know. Maybe. Before or after the tree? <laughs> after. Thank you very much. Back in the 80s, when I actually had hair on my head, I had a girl come up to me to call before water does. It's so funny. I'm sitting there. She really did. I'm in the with my friends. This girl comes up to me and says, I know who you are. You're Huey Lewis. <laughs> I looked around and I went, Shh, don't tell anybody. For the next 20 minutes, she's sitting in the corner with her girlfriend. Blah, blah, blah. She's pointing, she's pointing. She comes over, she wants to dance with me. Man, will a guy lie to dance with a pretty girl? Oh, you know damn well he will. So I'm dancing with her. 
but I started to feel was- guilty inside. You know, not because I lie, because guys lie all the time. I was actually stealing Huey Lewis's dance. So I looked at her and I said, sweetheart, I can't believe you thought it was Huey Lewis. And she looked at me and said, I can't believe you thought it was a woman. <laughs> that was a lot of fun, man. Oh, man, man that's great. That's yeah. great. That's uh, great. I love it. I love I love I love McGuire's. I ran their shows for uh oh, for, for like five years for Ryerson. I was I put up with him the longest, they told me. Nobody else. <laughs> he was a tough guy. Did you ever work out there before before governors bought it? I no, I've been I I've just been with uh the new owners. Um I, I've done all of them, headlined all of them. Right. Uh I just last couple of months ago I just headlined uh, uh the one in Levittown. And right. now I uh, I just put in my avails for another set of uh, it's like a run you do you know you do one yeah. the one in Bohemia Maguire's you do that one for uh, uh, you know the weekend and then you come back right. two months later and then you do the one in Levittown then you go and do Levittown yeah yeah there's three of them out there but uh, right <laughs> what a great show <laughs> yeah that was a lot of fun man a lot of fun when did you so find what, when did you first go on stage I did my yeah. What was your first? What was your first? I was an actor set. first. I was an actor first. I started when I uh, was uh, about a year and a half. No, not even a year out of the police academy. I had. I said, okay, I got this job basically for my family, so I can. Uh, right. I have something secure, but now I'm going to do what I want to do for me. Right. And I always wanted to be an actor, so I signed up for HB Studios and I started acting. So. Um, right. I started taking acting classes. Then I got into a theater company. And then I went to, uh, at the same time, I went to school for television and film. And then it, it started dawning on me as I was auditioning that uh, I actually got a part on TV as a guest star on a Danny Aiello show. Right. But then I realized in order to get a good manager, I need to write a one-man show, write a screenplay, or, or do something like stand-up. Right. So that's when, about two years into acting, maybe two and a half, I uh, I started doing stand up, and uh, so I started in '99. Right, May May third '99 was my first time on stage. Yeah, so but, we started uh, about the same time. Yeah, I uh, yeah I, I had stopped because uh, there was a thing going on when when uh, Lund bought Governors, uh, yeah. Jimmy Finn. I was always faithful to that club, and I never even did the brokerage. Mm-hmm. Uh, enough for I don't know for no reason, but I just never I was busy with the club here and the one there. I mean, I was doing it here and there. I wasn't going to be full time, full time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when Lund bought it, he goes, "I said, look, yeah, I'm here next Thursday." And he goes, "No, you're not." And then <laughs> so that stopped. And then uh, I had a, I had Ryerson and I get into a big thing because uh, I don't want to get into that either. But we had a, we had our words, and I stopped working there. But I was doing you know I live at Exit sixty two. And it's a mm-hmm. pain in the ass for me to get to the city to do a spot, you know. Uh, I was passed at the at the at the comic strip. I was doing late night there, and uh, you know, um, Al Martin was always good to me. Whenever I wanted spots, he would always give me spots. Jessica Al Curtis Martin was also good art. to me too. So shout out to Al Martin. Yeah, Al Martin's at over here. Great thing. It's spot. funny. He barked me into his. He didn't. Somebody barked me into his club when I was a teenager. Uh-huh. And I, I was talking to him one day at a club on 20, 21st Street, was it? 24th 20, Street, 24th. 24th. Uh, I was talking to him one day, and I went, 
did you have a club or on second? Yeah, that was the price. Yeah, some guy dragged me over and gave me free passes to yeah. come into the comedy club. Yeah. I was probably about 17. Yeah. I tell you, you know, when you think about um, somebody who literally reinvented the wheel, he always stood like one step ahead of um, just the, you know, in comedy, uh, right. basically setting the pace and the trend for what other clubs would do. He was the first club that had a midnight show. Right. And it was he also an urban show. It was an urban show. And there was no other clubs. I mean, every club had like one black comedian or maybe two. Right. It was either, um, I, I can't even figure, I forget the names right yeah. now, but um, those were the only two guys that played, you know, and right. they were like basically the two black comedians in the whole city or maybe three. Right. You know, and they, it, everybody used them. Wally Collins was one of them. Um, sure. But, you know, Al was JJ one of the first people. Well, JJ wasn't a New Yorker, but um, I'm sure he, he was. He, that uh, Danny, Danny used to tell us stories all the time when, when Danny, Danny had his club. When Danny Aiello had his club oh. in Hoboken. Mm. After the shows, he would sit down in the middle of the table with all the comics around him, and he would hold court for an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, you I know? know Danny really well. I did, and uh, uh, he used to, he used to, he used to bounce. He goes, yeah. He goes, and since I lived in the Bronx, I used to have to take JJ Walker home every night because nobody else wanted it. He didn't have a car. That's funny. That's really, yeah. really funny. <laughs> Danny, yeah. Uh, speaking talking. of celebrities, what, what's this photo all about? Uh, that was uh, another fundraiser. Some guy named uh, uh, I forget his name, but the other guy's There's Billy a picture Bingo with um... Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> This is a picture with Billy Bingo and Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd has his arm around Billy Bingo. It looks like he'd been friends for a long time in that picture. No, we did a show together. It was, uh, a, it was, it was a, um, do you remember Shout? The jukebox, the Shout on 50th? Okay. Uh, this, well, what's the theater right across the street from it? Big one. Um, it's on, uh, it was, I, uh, man, what the hell's the name of it? It's a big, it's a big theater. I did it. Me, John DeResta, Steve Marshall. And Dan Aykroyd, that was the show. Uh -huh. Steve Marshall hosted. Uh, I'm good. Dan, yeah, I, I'm good friends with Steve Marshall. I love Steve Marshall. I love Steve, man. Steve. Everybody and loves Steve Marshall. I I tell you, man. There's a lot of guys uh, that I would go out of my way for. Steve's one of them. You know, uh, I yeah, I drove no over way. to Boca Black Box to see him one night uh -huh. from Naples. I uh -huh. drove over, hung out with me after the show, got in the car, and drove home. Yeah, that's a that. What is that? Like a three-hour drive? Two hours, two hours. Yeah. But you know, I, you know, like I said, Steve was one of the reasons. John, the rest is the reason that I'm doing stand-up now. Mm -hmm. But Steve had John. John, when I did my first show, I did it, and I said, "Okay, fine." You know, I took the comedy class. I graduated. Okay, I'm done. And then they sent me a thing asking me if I wanted to be in a, on an alumni show. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I had fun and maybe I'll do it again. You know, the guys in the firehouse, they I had 50 people at my first show alone. So long story short, uh, John DeRest is in town and it's at governor's and he's headlining the show afterwards. So I do my five minutes, whatever it was, I come off stage and John's standing at the fucking bottom of the stage going, he goes, you're really funny. How long are you doing comedy? I go, that was my second time. He goes, really? Come here. He goes, I want you to meet my dad. I go, meet your dad. Turns out his father's retired fireman. So his father, Joe, knew my lieutenant, da, 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 and we uh -huh. hung out that night. And then John made the mistake of giving me his email address. Oh. So, oh, yes. Yeah. So I was bombarding yeah. him with you. Do you think this is funny? Can I say this? Da, 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 da. Yeah. He writes me back. He goes, are you going to stay with the comedy? I says, I don't know. 
He goes, come meet me. He was doing a, a, a room in, in Long Island. At the time, he's living in L.A. He's living next door to Lou Ferrigno. He's filming Miss Congeniality. He's got his own TV show. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do whatever you want me to do, you know? Uh, so uh, I go to the show and hang out. Uh, it was one, him and Steve second. Marshall. One second. Kim Alliston, Mark, sorry to uh, to send this super chat. and It's not working. It's okay, Kim Alliston. Don't worry about it. We really, really appreciate it. We love you right back. So go ahead, Billy. Go go with your story. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I got to hang out with Steve and John, and they're like, you do this every night? And they went, yeah. And I went, that's it. I'm going to be a comedian. Uh-huh. They lied to me. It's, it's not like that every night. You know that it's not like that every night. No, listen, there's a def there's um, there's so many different type of shows. I can't even tell you. Nobody would believe me when I tell them what I used to do. Oh. In the beginning of comedy, I used to go to Canarsie. There was a show that started at midnight in Canarsie. Right. Canarsie, Brooklyn, for um, for the people that don't live in New York, it's not a good neighborhood. It's horrible. You know, we're talking about the ghetto. And I'm here I am, and off. Uh, I was a cop at the time, and I'm off duty. But the show started at midnight. Yeah. And I'd go there, and it would look, just be like, it, it would look like straight-up thugs. And in my head, I'm thinking, who the fuck... <laughs> what who does a show at midnight? And I mind yeah. you, they paid paid they paid a hundred bucks. You know, I had a chance to do 15, 20 minutes. Right. It was a real urban audience. You had to be funny quick. If you if right you, if you didn't get them, you lost them right you away. You lost them right away. Yeah. That's how you learn how to be funny. That's why I used right. to do those stuff. But anyway, um uh, on my second or third time doing this show, and when I say second or third, I'm talking about this is a month or two or three in between shows. Right, yeah. By the time I go back again, I'm annoyed. I'm like, why the fuck would anybody come out at the midnight? And then I listen to this guy talking to another guy, and he's they're talking police lingo. You can hear, right. like, you know, police lingo. Yeah, I had to drop him off at uh, Central Book in there, but I, I made it. So I'm like, oh shit, I know why they do this show at midnight. It's all <laughs> uh, city workers. They get off yeah. at midnight. They start the show, you they know, want to go in, home. Yeah, they, they, and they come in for the party. They hear a comedy show for them, yeah. and, it, and then I look around, and the whole room changed for me. It was all like, um, you know, EMS, uh, fire, uh, cops, correction officers. Right. Everybody who got off at midnight came to this show in Brooklyn and Canarsie. Right. And it, I killed them from that point Good. on. I killed them because I knew what to talk yeah. about. Sure. I, I, you know, I miss doing... Did you do Maury's show in the hospital? Who? No. Maury Fogel? Oh, uh, no. I know Maury... I know who he is, but I didn't... Yeah, well, he passed away, but he did uh, He did Sloan two shows a month for over 20 years. Those are probably great shows. And, well, you know what it is? You're doing a show for sometimes two people, and they're wearing oxygen masks, and they got yeah. IVs hooked up, but when uh -huh. you see the mask, when that mask does this, <laughs> you know... It's uh -huh. a killer joke, uh -huh. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I love it. And, and and I would do that show, and it would. Of course, you weren't getting paid. And I lived at Exit sixty two, but he did them on a Sunday afternoon, so mm -hmm. I wouldn't mind. I I drive into the city in a Sunday afternoon. I'll do an afternoon spot there. I'll hang out in the city, and I'll do late night at the comic strip, which is around a couple blocks away. The things so, we did. Yeah, the sure. Did. Uh, let's see. Sushi what else we stand up uh, sushi. There was a sushi bar on Seventh Avenue. John Fenimore used to run. Oh, God. Uh -huh. sure. Well, you know what? I wanted to get your opinion on this because as a firefighter, you know, um, police officers <laughs> are armed. 
they have they have guns, right? Obviously, you know. But as a firefighter, especially now since we have first responders, so a lot of times you might have to go handle an EDP. This poor lady, um, she was stabbed right. to death. Uh, Lieutenant, I her name uh, last time. Uh, Elson, Mary, calling it the uh, Mary. Uh, right. She she was stabbed to death, and. Um, yeah. She but she wasn't even in. She was going to lunch. She was going across the street to get some lunch, right? And um, you know, it kind of sort of goes. Uh, this this thing says the story. Residents called to defund the politicians after FDNY Lieutenant Allison Russo Elling stabbed to death. Right. And um, it's just it, it must be scary what, as a first responder going into some of these situations that you're asked to be going into nowadays. These young guys. Right, unarmed. Well, it, you're going it, for an EDP. Right, I Cops went. Didn't get uh, there yet? It was funny. I went to the to the Rock to get uh, the Rock to the. To, I went to Fort Taunton to the shops to pick up a, a fire department shirt. You know, I don't know why, but the old one must have really shrunk. You know what I mean? It was uh, a little tight. So uh, I'm in there, and these two really hot EMS girls come in, and. They're getting tried on for jackets and they're putting them on. They go, Oh, how's this one make me look? How's this one make me look? And the guy behind the counter says, uh, You might want to get a, a couple sizes larger. And the girls are like, Why? We like the tight fit. And he goes, well, You may have to wear body armor underneath it. And both their jaws hit the floor because he wasn't mm -hmm. fucking playing. Mm -hmm. You know, they get, you know, you get put into a situation. I mean, I have, I when I was a fire marshal, I carried a gun and I wore. But my vest, you know, we were undercover and we would go to fires afterwards. If we were going to look for somebody, the vest was on before I left the fucking, before I left the base, you know? Uh, I, you know, it's, it's like going into a fire without wearing your mask. The old times used to do it. Guys like me, I'd have, I'd wear it all. They told you in school, that's where you learn, you know? Uh -huh. uh, we had a thing with these hoods. You put these hoods over your head and uh, they're supposed to protect you. And it was near the end of my career, and I didn't like wearing one. And the reason being, and I, the, we had a chief, and the chief is there, and he's giving us a lecture. We're on the firehouse in the kitchen. There's 12 of us. And he says, if you get caught without it, without wearing your, your uh, hood, you're going to get charges. So I just, I went, I'm sitting in the back, and I went, yeah, bingo, what's up? I says, you'll never see me wearing one of those hoods at a fire. I'll never put it on. And he looks at me and goes, what are you talking about? And I go, when I'm on the floor above a fire and my ears start to get hot, I know it's time for me to get out. And I go, it's kept me alive for 19 years. It's going to keep me alive until I, until, I, until I retire. And he looked at me and he went, okay, you do it that way. But the new guys, we want you all to put on, because, you know, that's the way I learned. He goes, that's the way you, know you learned. I don't want to cut you off, but here's go. the thing. I... Um... Time is going quick, and you have such a remarkable 9-11 story that I thought we'd get to it in the middle, and then we just got carried away <laughs> having such a good time talking. that So uh, your, your story is remarkable because you actually retired almost a week before 9-11, but you still chose to go fight, uh, go down to ground zero. This sure. picture is on your Facebook. Explain to us this picture right here. This, this is a picture, picture of uh, downtown okay. New York. The the, these, the, all right, you see the red arrow. The red arrow points to this girl's office. All right, and we went on a date, and I met her on Liberty Street outside the firehouse. First date, 
and we went to Hands. and uh, if while we were eating, she had mentioned she liked chocolate, and then after she finished, she went to the ladies' room, and I had the nurse, had the waitress come over and leave some chocolate cake on the table, and and when she came back, she was all surprised, and uh, the green arrow points to the walkway between the World Financial Center and the North Tower. And right where that green arrow is, that's where the very first time I kissed her goodbye. And then we got married about a year and a half later. Oh, wow. Yeah, that uh, the, the World Trade Center, like I, said, I was at the groundbreaking ceremony in 1966. Uh -huh. My dad worked for the Port Authority. There's a Polaroid somewhere on my page that uh, of me and my grandmother and... Uh, it was me, my grandmother, and uh, there's a there was a, a a girl in the background. I don't know. I don't know if I can put this up to my cam up to your cameras. See what it looks like. There we go. All right, you see me there? Yeah. All right, that's me and my grandmother and a model and a model of what the buildings were going to look like. That's a Polaroid. You had to wait sixty seconds to peel it apart. I remember. So I was there when it went up, and I was there when it came down. Wow. You know. It's amazing. Uh, so, like, like, go back to the story. You obviously you didn't know 9-11 was going to happen. But no, nobody how, many years did. Did you, how, how many years did you have in, and then you put in your papers? <clears throat> well, I put in my papers. I got hurt at a fire in July of 2001, and I was going to get out of 20 years anyway. So I got hurt in July. I went on medical leave. They picked up asthma. They said, all right, uh, you have to. Prasad said, your career in the firehouse is over. And I said, fine, put my leaves. Da, 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 da. I go, make my retirement date, September 6th. And he goes, the 6th? I went, yeah, because the 5th is my 20th anniversary. And I want to say I worked 20 years in one day. So I can say I worked over 20 years. So I retired September 6th. Uh, five days later, 9-11 happens. That morning, I'm playing golf with 15 guys in my firehouse. There were 16 of us. We're at Spring Lake. And I'm paying my greens fee. And the guy comes in, he goes, the plane just hit the trade center. So I go running, I look at it on TV, I open the door, the guys are all down there putting, hey, you got to see this, the plane hit the trade center. Yeah, and they're all down there, like, what's the punchline? Thinking I'm joking, because, you know, we're comedians. Uh, long story short, we all thought it was a Cessna news helicopter, so we teed off. And then when we got to the third hole, the pro came over the hill, my friends yelling, we're at war. The second tower had gotten hit, and they had a total recall. So uh, everybody, my lieutenant looked at me and he said, look, he goes, they just made you retire. He goes, you don't want to be seen working down there. You're trying to get three quarters. I was like, yeah, okay. So I went home. And like I said, when we got hired, we had to buy all our, we had to buy all our own stuff. So I had a helmet. I had a coat. I had boots. I even kept my Swiss seat. So I got home. I brought everything up. My wife's looking at me. Where are you going? Go, where am I going? Are you fucking kidding me. Where am I going? I promised your mother I wouldn't let you go. What if another plane comes? And I'm like, so we hand hawed, argued, and uh, I finally left. It was probably around seven, eight o'clock at night, and uh, the roads were all closed coming into the city. I got off. I went to Fort Taunton to go into the uh, fire marshal base. Uh, I commandeered a bus, and the supervisor wouldn't let anybody get on the bus but me. So I said, "The hell with this." I went to my firehouse. I jumped in the back of Timmy Kalani's pickup truck, and we drove in. So I was there right before sunrise on the 12th. And, uh, you know, I was down there. That picture of me on the beam, it's funny. I stayed on that beam for about six hours one day. And I was just ordering people around. And they were listening to me, too, you know. 
And then uh, about three years later at a softball tournament, some guy comes up to me and he goes, I know you. You're the guy that was on that beam ordering everybody around. I went, okay, yeah, that was me. He goes, if I have a construction company, I want you to be the foreman. <laughs> it's just, you know. Just listening. It's um, it, the scene is 9-11. It's the World Trade Center's <laughs> down. It's nothing but carnage. Yeah, and, uh, it was, Billy, the flies Billy's were still burning that day. Yeah, Billy's on a beam there, and you can see he's got his hand by his mouth, and he's calling out orders. Uh, and, they uh, were listening to him. Here, this other picture here. Uh, that was the, the, you know, I was down there as well. And, right. you know, everything was so much bigger than yeah. people can imagine. No. Like, it's... just the steel and the beams and the, the yeah. vent and just, like, the wires. Did, it, and all did you find stuff. any, did you find one telephone? No. Did you no, find one it's... computer? No. Everything was pulverized. Melted. Done. Pulverized. There was nothing there. I didn't find, see nothing but cement and dust. And, you know, you find steel, like, from the elevator, elevator rails and stuff like that. But I didn't see anything as far as, like, a telephone or a computer or a desk or a chair. You know, but I was only there for five days. I wasn't, uh, you know, digging listen, into the fact the... that you suited up and that you went down there and you were retired. And you could have lost your pension if, like, your, your chief, whoever told you, yeah. that, oh, you don't want to go down there because you're trying to get three quarters. You didn't care about anything. You knew where you were supposed to be. You know what uh, the, the social contract you signed up for, and you did your due diligence. You did your job. Sure. And that you to be commended for that. Um, for those of you who have uh, nothing to do, Thursday, October 20th, Billy Bingo and I, along with Frankie Falia, NYPD, Steve Oliva, NYFD, we're going to be doing a benefit at the Broadway Comedy Club for the hurricane victims in Naples, uh, Florida. And all the proceeds will go to the Hurricane Victims Guns and Hoses Comedy Fundraiser. That's what we're calling it. All the proceeds will go towards um, actually... Uh, first responders. First responders. First responders that are affected. Because there's guys that have firemen that lost their, lost their houses. There's cops that lost their houses. Let's check you into know? the chat, too, because we're at 53 minutes. You know, the time goes by quick when you have a great guest. Kim Allison finally figured out uh, the... the, uh, the Super sticker went up and it's working now. And thank you so much, Kim Alliston. What can I say? My heart goes out to you. Uh, thank you, Peter, for my uh, well-deserved retirement. <laughs> Re retirement, well-deserved, Billy, as well as you, Mark. Milwaukee civilian. Uh, what is he saying? The the falling value of the okay. <laughs> yeah, the GDP. Uh huh. <laughs> Joe Balamante. Mark managed to make the payment. This is for uh, thank you so much, Kim Alliston. Uh, Gina G. Who's God Jojo? <laughs> Jimmy G. Uh, Gina G. God bless you, Billy Bingo, and all you served and dedicated their lives to 9 11. Uh, Peter Franzo, impressive photo, Billy. So, Leo, thank you for your service, Billy. Fire Marshal Ronald Buka. Ronnie. With so many I knew Ronnie. Ronnie was the only fire marshal that got killed on 9 11. He was on the 72nd floor. He was a marathon runner. And the really sad thing is he sold me a T-shirt. He had these golf shirts, mm -hmm. and it's got the logo. It's got the New York City skyline, and it's New York City fire marshals. It's got the Twin Towers. And Ronnie was very involved because he was very, very military. And he was involved with the counterterrorism task force. And uh, he knew this was coming. He was there for the bombing. And he told them they're going to come after the towers again, and nobody believed them. 
and he fuck and he died there, man. It's terrible. You know, it's funny because when you say they're going to come for you again, a lot of people don't remember it was uh, 1993 bombing. Um, it, they didn't blow up the towers. They went underneath with a van full of explosives. I was a rookie on the job. I'll never forget. I was uh, pulled in on a detail, and I was a rookie, but I was uh, already, you know, kind of a little. You know, I'm 25 at the time, so I was a little bit quicker than most right. of these kids. They always told you don't volunteer for anything. <laughs> right. I put that in the back of my mind. So we go down now. They try to blow up the World Trade Center in '93. They put the the van in the basement. And I remember that day when I was in the 102 and they called us down there on a detail. We had to go kind of – the explosion didn't work. Right. Um, it fucked up everything downstairs below. It didn't damage the buildings. Um, but we still had to go secure the area while they did the investigation. And I'm sitting there, and this sergeant comes out, and he goes, we need somebody. I need a volunteer for something. <laughs> and, I'm and I'm looking around. I'm like, it's – we're in the middle of winter right now, by the way. I'm like, yeah. it's freezing outside. They're going to put us on the foot post. What the fuck did this guy want us to do? They always say, don't volunteer. Yeah. What do they want us to do that's worse than this? Nothing. So I raised my hand. This is the time I volunteer. He goes, okay, you, I need you to take a car. It's got a flat tire. Uh, the flat tire is in the trunk. Uh, we put the spare on it. Drive across town change the uh get the spare off put the spare back in the trunk fix the tire and bring it up bring the rmp back so we could use it okay no problem that took me eight hours by the way eight that's all <laughs> i would have well, been on overtime <laughs> well i was on overtime i, I yeah. was a rookie i didn't want to get greedy yeah. sure matt uh mary Anne marie wants to know what time is the show that's another thing we should 7 30 play 7 30 7 30 show Okay, he's on there. It's oh, it should say it should. Oh, you get the old poster. It's on the new one, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so send me the new yeah. one. We'll, we'll get keep, it right. Um, we'll keep um showing the uh the flyer throughout the next week, and I'm gonna share it yeah. on my social media, and hopefully we'll get a nice gathering, folks. Like I said, if you're not doing anything that Thursday, October twentieth, right. come down to New York City. Come down to the Broadway <laughs> Comedy Club. We're gonna put on a funny show for you. I'm gonna be great. Billy's gonna be great. <laughs> And uh, all the proceeds are going to go to uh, Naples Fire Department, first responders. Let's check in on the chat one more time before we got to close time. out. We're already at uh, so 7.30 is the show. That's what Anne-Marie asked. Uh, what are we yes. doing? Uh, Milwaukee Civilian. You know, I didn't pay enough attention to you tonight, Milwaukee Civilian. I apologize. Milwaukee Civilian is a regular guest in the chat. He's right. very, very funny. And, uh, you know, Sometimes you get a guest that's all consuming, like you are. You have you're just such a phenomenal person. <laughs> no, it's you are. You, no, you're you're the real deal. Well, you know yeah. they say somebody's the real deal. You're the real deal. <laughs> Yo, you know? you're talking to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um so okay, so now we're gonna wrap up the show. I am going to uh promote a couple of things here. This is one thing I want to promote. If you're in Connecticut in the Harford area. I will be headlining City Steam Brewery October 28th and 29th. That's Friday night, Friday and Saturday night in Hartford, 8 p.m. Uh, tickets are 25 bucks, and uh, tickets are available at ComedyCraftBeer.com. ComedyCraftBeer.com. The fly is up right now. If you're in the Hartford area, please come out. Also, too, what I want to also promote, and this has nothing to do with me. I get nothing to gain out of it, but I think it's really cool. Taru. Uh, unit from the NYPD 
they have their office in um, Fort Totten. And every year they do, uh, for the, this is the third year, Taru's annual haunted house for October, NYPD Park's Halloween haunted house. It's in Fort Tartan, Bayside, Queens. They're going to do the show Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, every weekend in October. And uh, it's a great date night. And it's free. So cool. you can't lose. So, I've been uh, in Taru. I've been in Taru when I was a fire marshal because they were across the street. Yeah, I went. To, I I used to have to go to Taru all the time. I was in the squad. Taru was the ones who uh, basically enhanced the videos. Uh, yeah, they took our videos. They made stills for us so we could make wanted posters. Right, and that's the way we used to do it back in the old days. I don't know sure. what they're doing now. You had to bring the it there. You couldn't. You couldn't fax it over, hit a button, and send it. <laughs> I have no idea what they do nowadays. Uh, I don't care do either. I used, to go there. I used to go there with the actual videotape they pulled out and, and give it to them. And we used to get the best picture we could and create a still out of it. Kim Allister, Mark, it has worked now. Uh, thank you uh, towards Florida fundraising. Thank you so much, Kim Allister. You're, uh, you're an angel. And um, Raquel Apronzo, Billy Bingo, you're a winner in my book. Uh, I think your Billy's a winner in everybody's book. It was really an honor to have you here. Peter Pranzo, Thanks. Fun Night Mark, uh, Billy, and all the good uh, Police Off the Cuff fans. So what I'm doing is I'm winding down. I'm saying goodnight to everybody. Uh, yeah. Chick Eastwater, uh, thank you so much. She says, enjoy your night. Fun listen. Scout, Inquirer, thank you, Mark and Billy. This was awesome live stream. Please come back again, Billy. Have a good night, everyone. Tony D, uh, good luck with the show, and thanks for the service. Lost is not alone. Uh, PJ Clark, wish I was there to bake for you. Like I do for our guys, uh, lost a dear friend in 9-11. JoJo, there's merch saying Mark Guns and Hoses. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there is merch. Okay, so um, Anne-Marie, Wiles Pony, thank you. Uh, let's see who else. Kim Allison, thanks you again for the- Peter Franzo. Uh, go ahead. You can, yeah, dear, pick up. I'm reading. On for Billy. It's fine. <laughs> So, yeah, we'll be promoting this as, as we keep going. As we get closer to the date. But in the meantime, Billy, I want to say thank you. Thank you, you for having guest. me. I'm glad we like got I to chat. Be. Catch up. You only scratch the surface. Maybe you'll come on again one day. Eh, I'm around. All right. That's good. You know how to and find I look, me. I look forward to seeing you. Just, on, uh, July, um, just put out an APB. Yeah. If you're looking for me, put out an APB. All right, and thank your wife for helping you. Um, yes, I, I got to go in, and that's going to make me do the dishes. <laughs> My wife is like, I, I, her name, her name should be Jetson. You know, she wants to do the laundry, she hits a button. She wants uh -huh. to do the dishes, she hits a button. Uh huh. I just yeah, got to get a, I got to get a Roomba named Ro Rosie. You're the, you're the Jetson. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, thank Jetson. you so much. All right, Mark, take it easy, buddy. Thanks so much, you. God bless you. And I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you Thursday. Uh, October yeah, two 20th. weeks. Two weeks Can't from wait. tonight. All right, brother. Okay, Ciao. Bye -bye.